Welcome to the Abundance Hub podcast. My name is Jessica Shembury, and I'm so happy you are here investing in yourself today. As a business coach, mentor, and speaker, I'm dedicated to helping people learn how to live in alignment with their values and unlock their true potential in life. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of mindset development. The tools and strategies I'm sharing will absolutely change the way you think and feel. Please visit jessicashembury.com.au to learn more about my offerings. And if you love this podcast, please write a review and share over on social media. Thanks for pushing play. Let's begin. Hey, hey, and welcome to this week's episode. Glad to be back. Glad to be recording again for you guys. Thank you for tuning in. I'm excited about this episode. It's going to be likely, let's say, somewhat quick, um, a little banger for you, a nice quick and um, short and sharp one today. But drawing on something that has been a common theme and something that's come up a fair amount with with my clients over the years and more recently has come up again. And I thought it was a really cool thing to talk about, which is allowing ourselves to be vulnerable, to be real, to show up in our full version, to put down the filtered messages, the safe messages, the whatever we want to call them, the posts that are somewhat like mediocre and step into our full version in a, in an online space. Um, I know that so many people struggle with this and I, I think it's a really worthy subject to talk about. I've coached hundreds of people and a lot of business owners and there probably hasn't been one person that I've ever come across that hasn't found a block in this area in one way or another. Wanting to say something but not, wanting to express but not, having something to say but fearing judgment or fearing that someone will see them as a victim or as a pity party or um, dimming their light, like turning down the dial. (sighs) It's something that seems to be really, really common. And it's an interesting topic because social media, and I've had this soapbox rant many times in coaching spaces with my clients, but also in coaching spaces that I'm a part of, that I pay to be a part of, around the fact that we hear this and we see this and I've seen people, you know, I just, I'm not feeling aligned to be able to show up. I don't know what to say. I'm finding it really hard to create content. We've got that piece, right? And then we've also got the piece of, I don't want to do what everyone else is doing. So there's comparison, there's looking outside of ourselves for the answer. And then come, and then in comes trends and TikTok reels, carousels, quotes, um, boomerangs, you know, whatever the fuck is there for us to take, right? For me personally, Reels has been one of those areas that I've completely resisted around. It's something that I I don't love, but I know it are powerful. For me, I will I will talk on this briefly. 
I don't watch reels <laughs> unless they show up on my news feed, which is rare, but I don't go to reels and watch them. And I did it one day and I spent about an hour in complete time-wasting activities. And I, um, you know, I, I found it um, a little bit mind-numbing. It was kind of like watching TV. But because I'm a really deep thinker and because I'm continuously checking in on my frequency and my energy and checking in on where I'm at, I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I got gifted life and I'm here doing this. I'm watching people dance in on time, in time or lip sync. And I, I did get some enjoyment out of it. And I'm not saying, um, I'm not judging and I'm not saying you can't get enjoyment. It's just like watching random shit on YouTube or watching a Netflix series. We can all, you know, consume whatever we want to consume. For me, my consumption rates in general have become increasingly low to the point now where I've got to a stage where I consciously only really, even though I follow certain people, if I'm, if I'm going to be really real with you guys, most of them, I don't see their content because I have them muted or I'm not actually scrolling. Um, I will seek out to look at what someone's doing based off intuitively wanting to consume and see what they're doing because I care about them or because I miss them or their content or their message. So I normally have to seek out the content. Um, but as a business strategy, you know, being really confident on social media is a thing, right? Um, I think that the braver, the more courageous, the more loud, the more mm, shocking, the more spine tingling, the more pointy our content is, seems to be one of those themes where it's like, hmm, they interest me, they challenge me, they trigger me a little bit, they make me think, they they give me something spicy, something juicy that someone else isn't giving. And, um, you know, that word oversaturated comes to mind because a lot of the time we can see, I'll use my industry for an example, we can see coaches creating very similar content, right? Of course we would. <laughs> Just like if you sold pools for a living, you would create similar content around the pools you sold. Just like if you created, if you sold bikinis for a living, your content would probably be similar. Like, oh my gosh, that other bikini company put a picture of a girl on the fucking beach in a bikini, just like my, my company did. Shock horror. Right? So <laughs> industry industry specific, everything is oversaturated in one way or another. Let's use bikinis because that's a really easy one. I'm not going to go back to the pools. I don't know where that came from. Industry specific. Let's talk about that. Why are you buying a bikini online if there's 5,000 bikini shops online? Is it the model? Is it the, what's the difference? What's the thing that makes you buy? There's always got to be a selling point. Um, 
but especially in the coaching game, because I am one, business coach, possibility agent, life strategist, fucking whatever you're intuitive, this, that, whatever you want to call yourself, right? You coach, you mentor, you help people, you bring people to a certain place, you specialize in a certain modality like NLP or whatever the fuck it is. There's so many now, right? And we can, we can see it and we can say, oh, it seems like it's oversaturated and everyone's doing the same shit. Yeah. And it's hard not to because your message is the same because you're in the game of helping people. It's like if you're a yoga studio, it's like if you're a massage therapist or an intuitive healer, you're probably going to put out similar content to the other intuitive healer, right? Yes. So my me personally, I have I still struggle. Like I don't struggle all the time and I definitely don't struggle of late because my um internal like energetic alignment is really really great and so the noise is is non-existent. But a lot of people do. And a lot of people have trauma. Do you? I mean, I do. I think everybody does. Everybody's experienced some form of trauma. I think it's almost unavoidable in life. I think that it would be absolutely ridiculous for us to expect trauma not to exist because everything in life is about duality. So a lot of us have experienced trauma and heartache and hard times and I know for me, a lot of my clients will say, well, I'd love to be able to share, but I feel like I might hurt that person's feelings or, um, you know, I have, I have this, this same, this same, um, Hmm. I wouldn't call it a challenge. This same, um, the same thing to address in my own life. I've experienced a lot but I'm not necessarily going to say, oh, this person did that to me and that happened over here because most of the time our traumas involve our loved ones, our previously loved ones, our family members, people we know. So whether that's a form of abuse, that's a death, that's a grieving process, it's um, it's some sort of manipulation or control or whatever it is, right, these traumas, financial trauma, they, they almost always involve somebody else. And so therefore it can be hard to talk about, you know, due to potential what you would call defamation or, you know, throwing someone under the bus or just um, not wanting other people to hear about it. And then there's that piece around um, I don't want to be seen as a victim. You know, that's what a lot of people say to me. Well, I've got this thing, but I don't really want to tell everyone that that happened. I don't want everyone to know that my mum abandoned me or that my dad abused me or that um, my husband hit me or um, stole from me or abused me or whatever it is, right? So people often will say those things, but they want to share because they know it can help. And the other day I was in my coaching space and I was talking about this and I, I thought this was a really... A nice, nice, maybe not nice, an interesting story to share. About 12 years ago, I had my first miscarriage. I'd, I've already, I've had two now. So two miscarriage, viable pregnancy, miscarriage, then another viable pregnancy. So four pregnancies in gen, in total, um, two children to enter Earthside. 
And I remember when I had my first miscarriage and um, at the time my husband had lost his license. So I was the, um, the driver of the car and um, we were 11-ish weeks pregnant, so nearly viable is what they would call it. And um, we were at work in our studio in Sydney and it was like afternoon, night, and I was with clients. I was doing an album, like a wedding album um, appointment, and I felt blood, like I felt a gushing. And I said, I'm sorry, I'll just have to excuse myself for a minute. And then I had to kind of, you know, scurry out of the room. And thankfully in this studio that we had, we had a shower there. Um, So I got into the shower cubicle, which was strangely enough, right in the middle of the fucking kitchen. That sounds completely strange, but we had had this thing installed um, because we had needed a place to stay conveniently at this point in t- our lives, um, sometimes near the city. Anyway, and then, you know, I I was bleeding and I had to go and um, I had to drive myself to the hospital because my husband didn't have a license um, due to something, fines or speeding or whatever it was. And um, I was sitting on a, you know, paper bag, plastic, you know, garbage bag in the car. And I had this experience. Anyway, at that time, I didn't know that it was really quite common to have miscarriages. So I was doing the, it's my fault. Oh my gosh. You know, all this and feeling grief that I didn't know I was going to feel, wasn't mentally prepared for losing the baby, all those things. And, um, I decided to write a blog post about it. It took me about six months after the miscarriage to write about it. And back then it was blogs um, and websites. I don't think there was, I don't think there was Instagram, maybe Facebook, definitely Facebook. Anyway, um, you know, it wasn't long after I'd released this into the world and it was quite a vulnerable post. I had a man reach out to me and he said, I'm just so thankful that you've bothered to write this because my wife just had a miscarriage and we couldn't find anything about it. No one had told the story. And so my sharing that vulnerability and that grief and that loss and that pain and that awful night and experience, I helped somebody else. Um, and for me, that was a that was a trauma I could share because it was my experience, and it didn't really involve anyone imparting pain to me, but it involved great lessons. Anyway, uh, my point is is that I feel that online there's a lot of look. I'll I'll say it. There's a lot of wishy washy, mediocre, middle of the lane, safe content being pushed out to the masses. And yes, some people don't mind it, but let's be honest, unless you're brave, bold, um, and that's this is in your own way, not like be like me. I'm just saying unless you're really, okay, let me take that back, maybe not brave and bold. If you're just completely courageously aligned with your truth, if you're dulling down what has to be shared, if you're dimming down, if you're hiding parts, if your motives are wrong or if you feel like it's wishy-washy, then my opinion is it's probably not meant for the internet. Or if it's um, just like copied shit, you know, I used to be in network marketing 
And how many times like I would create a post and then 500 other people would screenshot it and share it because we were all selling the same product. Now, sometimes that does work. If you have a beautiful program that you're tapped into and that that program owner is creating really good quality content, it can work. But on a tangent, but shall go there. But my thought process is, is that if you're not building your own personal brand and creating your own quality content, then why would that person buy off you just by sharing copied and pasted content? They might once or twice, but long term, people are craving to know, like, and trust you and to build a relationship with you and your authenticity and your vulnerability. Right? So my thought process and my conversation with you today is... mm, how can you use, and let's go back to the, the hardships and the trauma and what have you, how can you use that to become more potent and to become more of a know, like, and trust system online and to teach, use your trauma to teach, right? How beautiful is that? So my challenge for you, if you are struggling with showing up, obviously if you come into my business coaching arena I could talk to you about this for days and can give you really quality strategies. And I am holding back. I've got to be honest. I can't give you everything here because my clients pay highly for the for the depth of what I would coach. But I just wanted to kind of raise this conversation and bring it to the table. My challenge to you would be this. Think about your trauma. Think about something that you've endured where you've been able to rise. Ask yourself this question. How has this been of eventual benefit to me? What did I have to muster up inside of me or what were the lessons I learned as a result? So I could use something like separating from my ex-husband. I don't need to talk about the traumas that existed, but I can talk about the lessons and the, um, the tools in which I used, right? because they will help somebody else. One of the biggest tools and one of the biggest lessons and one of the biggest teachings um, for anybody that's going through relationship um, pain, boundaries. I never understood boundaries very well. I thought they were in sand. And when someone disrespects a boundary and they wipe it out with their foot or they piss on it like a pissy puppy, they don't respect your boundaries. So what I was able to gain a lesson that one of my most beautiful friends told me was boundaries are lines in concrete, not sand. And so the next time I inserted a boundary, I knew that if I was going to insert it, I had to then stick by my word of that boundary being inserted. That is a different ball game to anything I'd ever heard in the past. To some people that might sound really basic, but to me at the time it didn't because I was really okay with moving the goalposts and negotiating in my relationship. And if I hadn't negotiated years ago, I would have avoided many things. We both would have. Um, Now, in no way, shape or form do I share that with you from a victim perspective because I'm not a victim of my circumstances. I share that with you and I don't... uh, incriminate or or uh, de- defamate or do anything like that when I'm sharing from that place. All I'm doing is sharing a lesson. 
So I could do like an hour long masterclass on what boundaries mean and what building of, you know, correct foundations within relationships and communication means because it's a lesson I learned. So always question yourself if you have trauma, if you want to be vulnerable, how can you teach through your trauma? How can you educate through it? And how can you be eloquent in helping your audience? And I feel like that's a beautiful place to come from. But ultimately, from a perspective of struggling with social media in general and not knowing what to do, I would always say nothing good comes from comfort. Growth comes with discomfort. Business growth is included, right? So if you want your following to grow, if you want your income to grow, if you want your client base to grow, then ask yourself how you can lean into the discomfort ask yourself, if that scares me a little bit, maybe that's the right thing to do. Push play on your ideas, be intuitive with it and understand that you didn't sign a contract here on social media to play it safe. You can do whatever the fuck you want. So give yourself permission to do that. Give yourself full body fuck yes permission to just be who you are and trust that people will will be more drawn into your valuable, authentic, real version versus your dumbed down fit in the square, in the round hole, in the square peg, whatever whatever they say. That is not what we're looking for. Nobody's looking for that. Um, I hope you enjoyed this. Have an amazing week ahead. If you loved this, please review, please do all the things, please give me the stars, share, and I'd love your feedback. Please always never be afraid to jump into my inbox primarily at Jessica Shembury Coach on Instagram. Um, send me a DM. I'd always love to hear from you. And, um, and I hope you have an amazing week ahead. Bye. I truly hope you loved this episode of the Abundance Hub podcast. Please screenshot and share this episode because living abundantly means sharing good things with people you love. If you'd like to help us, please write a review on the podcast and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss another episode.